All right, we are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. I am excited about this conversation. Uh, we get to take a journey into the IT space. And so in order to do that, we got to make sure that we are collaborating and working with someone from that space. We have my friend Greg on the line. Greg, welcome to Black Equity. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on the line today. Definitely, definitely. So for those who don't know you, let, let us know who you are and about your sector and your company. Absolutely. So again, my name is Greg Skeen. Uh, I'm a believer, a husband, a father, um, a brain surgery survivor, wow. and, and a technologist of 12 years with a couple of Fortune 100 companies. Um, I, I live by the motto, um, inspired by Dr. Eric Thomas, you will not outwork me. And I own a IT consulting firm um, called Control Your Route, where we help um, technicians, engineers, and leaders uh, develop the framework to have a more impactful IT career. Okay, wow. Okay, so you, 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 you threw something at me in the very beginning there. You said a brain surgery survivor? Yes, sir. So I was born with a, with a special condition. Um, the technical, the name of it is Chiari malformation. So the, the technical lingo is it's the brain tissue, um, the brain tissue in my head extended into my spinal canal. Wow. The, the, uh, the non-medical term for that means my brain was too big for my skull. So they had to cut out part of my skull uh, to make room for my, the tail of my brain. <laughs> wow. And when, what, what age was this that they discovered this? So I discovered it back in probably 2013, 2014, but it was a condition that I was born with. And I've always had a lot of headaches and uh, really bad headaches growing up and no one ever knew what that issue was. Wow. So the, the, your entire life, you had headaches, you were, you weren't sure what it was. And so you found out that you had, is it considered a condition? Is that safe? Is it safe yeah, to call it, it that? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely a condition. Uh, I'm not even going to say I found it. I, I give all those props to my wife. Um, like, you know, you know, when, when you, when you, when you're with your boys and you just like laugh and I'm like, Oh, I'm always getting these headaches after these big old deep belly laughs. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and she was like, man, this is not, no, you need to go see a neurosurgeon or, or mm. somebody that, you know, can kind of work with you and see what's going on. And, yeah, I went to go see a neurosurgeon. I got operated on by, you know, one of the top neurosurgeons in the world. Uh, shout out to the University of Florida for taking care of me. And uh, yeah, it's truly a blessing that I'm able to sit here today. Man, we are we are blessed to have you. Thank you for sharing that because uh, that might uh, be able to be impactful for someone who who, who needs to hear that. Uh, so, how did you get into the IT space? Where did that journey begin for you? So, um, you know, reaching back far, you know, I went back and, and so I, I go back and ask my parents, I'm like, Hey, where did this really start? Mm -hmm. so, and, you know, as a young child, I would always, uh, take remotes apart, take little electronics apart around the house. And it just, it kind of just grew from there. And then, you know, I got into gaming and stuff in middle school and high school. And, you know, that involves taking computers apart, building them, configuring them, uh, I was always the uh, the go-to person for friends and family when they had internet issues, computer issues, 
uh, and that kind of stemmed into kind of high school where I started my first business, um, you know, doing PC repair. I was like, I'm, I'm oh, nice. doing this already. Might as well, you know, you know, incorporate it and, and, you know, take it to the next level. Uh, from there, after I graduated high school, you know, I went to college. Um, I went to college later on, uh, but uh, I started out in networking, just entry-level networking, and that's kind of really where my IT career began. Just prior to that, I was teaching classes, uh, resume classes, how to use a computer to the local community, uh, people that were in the job, uh, job market looking for jobs. Um, it was like a career resource center. So I would go in and help them uh, learn how to, pe some people like using a computer for the very first time, you know, this is a mouse, this is a keyboard. What that did for me is teach me the patience that I have in IT and allows me to, you know, work with all types of people. And I believe that's kind of where it built the communication skills that I have um, in the IT space today. But kind of fast forward, yeah, just, you know, just working and networking. That's when I really started the love for Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. um, just really physical layer, just really just swapping out the, the, the access points and then putting them back. Um, and then that just grew interest on how does the whole backend system work? How does, how does something from my phone reach Google and come back with no wires, no cords, no nothing like that. So for me, it just, you know, started wanting to know that mystery behind my phone and, you know, the information that, you know, we know today is, you know, data big data and stuff like that and i'm, I'm going to get into that because i kind of i want to know too like how does that all <laughs> that work but you mentioned uh pc repair in high school correct yes now what year was this and what kind of pcs are we working with at this time <laughs> um so for me these were back my first computer was a pentium 4 like an old like an old pentium 4 pc mm -hmm. Um, I'm a little, probably a little bit younger. So uh, that was my first PC. You know, I, okay. I remember the floppy disk very vaguely. I do remember dial up a little bit when, when I was younger. Right. <laughs> hey, but your first PC was, was <laughs> after the dial up era. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was after the dial up era. Yeah. Yep. So you lucked um, out, man. Yeah. I lucked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go through it. It was tough. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I yeah, imagine. It, it was a little, it was a little rough with American online, man. Yeah. So yeah, for, for high school, for me, um, ended in 2009. So okay. between 2004, 2009, it's kind of where I really began getting into, you know, fixing computers and helping out small businesses and family. Awesome. And so you mentioned, you know, how does uh, Wi-Fi work? How does something, you know, get from my phone to Google back? So how does that work? I mean, I, I know you can't give us the full scope, but just in a, uh, I guess, a basic understanding, how does all this technology stuff work to where we're able to uh, create the, these mobile lives and, and work from home? How does all this work? Definitely. So from, from you know, from a very basic level, um, your phone transmission is transmitting to what, what I would call an access point or some people would know as their home router. Um, it's through RF, so radio frequencies. Mm -hmm. um, that's how the energy is. A whole it's a bunch of mathematics and stuff behind it. Um, that's a whole different ball game. But uh, yeah, r radio frequency is, is, is how it's transmitted. But everything from there, it's, it's hardwired. I mean, it's a physical wire connecting to something else, connecting to something else. So ultimately, your house 
uh, connects back to your internet service provider, which then usually has a physical cable somewhere else or data center, which then there's routes and all this. Yeah, I can keep going, but uh, yeah, <laughs> just know just know your phone is probably the only wireless device at the end. Everything else is is a, is a physical mm, connection or okay. a route back to somewhere. So there there are a lot of wires. It just doesn't connect to the actual phone. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So with the the rise of Wi-Fi, with the rise of going wireless, um, a lot of companies are realizing, well, shoot, we're going to need to really understand this IT space. And when I say a lot of companies, obviously the IT companies know this already, but I'm talking about small businesses uh, to mid-sized businesses. Um, You know, they're they're thinking, well, shoot, we really need to understand this. We need to bring on IT uh, professionals. Mm -hmm. And I know you consult and train up uh, individuals in the IT space. What are you noticing that companies are either missing or not paying attention to when it comes to uh, finding an IT professional to bring on board for their company? Absolutely, that's, that's an excellent question. Um, the first thing that I, I think a lot of people can use improvement on is understanding what they want. So really identifying you know, the challenges your business is having or what you're looking for. Um, I believe is the foundation of, you know, when you're looking for an IT professional, you know, if you know you need, you know, this technology and this technology, you know, specify exactly, you know, whether it's a certification or a skill set or um, someone having this type of work experience, you know, so really specifying exactly what you're looking for, because there's, you know, in IT, a lot of people niche down into certain things or certain technologies and become experts at a certain technology. Um, for example, what I do is, is usually classified under the networking uh, realm of IT. So the, the, one of the domains is networking. Um, but under networking, there's, you know, you got cloud computing. A lot of people heard of cloud. Mm-hmm. You have routing and switching. Um, you have network security, you know, you got wireless, wireless security. So it, it's really, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a tree chart and just keeps going down until you can niche down. So that's why I say identifying exactly what, you know, you're looking for in your, in your business. Um, the second thing I would say is, you know, I say expectations, um, in it, um, it's almost an expect expectation that, you know, we're going to get the tools and the resources we need to complete our job. Um, And that could be, you know, a high end computer. So if you're a small business or a medium sized business, you may have to invest in, you know, one of the latest and greatest Mac Mac computers or laptops. And and that could be a hit for, you know, a smaller company that's not expecting it. Um, You know, the opportunity to work remotely um, is a big thing. Now I know with COVID everybody's working from home, but prior to COVID, there's still companies that, you know, didn't believe in the work from home uh, mentality. Right. Um, and, you know, flexibility, I say budget and, and then always, I always say education is a huge one. Um, and that could be in the form of certifications, um, uh, being able to, to uh, offer certifications or trainings and even conferences for IT professionals. You know, you mentioned COVID and everybody moving towards remote work. Have you seen the influx in the people that are reaching out to you now that, you know, everybody's realizing, well, shoot, we can't actually go anywhere. We're going to have to do everything, quote unquote, wireless uh, or remote. 
have you seen the influx and people wanting to reach out and work with you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, It's, it's a good opportunity for not only people in the IT space right now, but also people that want to get into the IT space. Um, And again, like cloud is a huge one because cloud, a lot of cloud engineers were were working remotely anyway. (laughs) Right. Right. Because it's all, yeah. So um, stuff like that, you know, certain security, um, so even like wireless design and implementation, you know, that could all be done remotely. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, career opportunities, um, working remotely. And I, I think it's just going to continue to grow as more companies adopt in, you know, remote working. Now you mentioned in, in your opening, uh, statement that you worked with fortune 500 companies. I'm not sure if you want to share, but can you tell us some of the clients you work for? Because I think that's important for people who are listening to this, uh, even on the business side, so they can understand your expertise mm-hmm. and who you worked with. And then those who are trying to enter the space, they can say, wow, I didn't know I could work with these types of companies. If you could share some of the different people in your uh, clientele that you've had an opportunity to work with. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's public. It's on my, it's on my LinkedIn. So um so I've worked with companies like uh, the University of Florida. Nice. Um, so one of the, the top one of the top schools in the nation. Um, I've worked with companies like SeaWorld, Parks and Entertainment. Dope. Um, I've worked with companies like Disney, and then also uh, with Verizon. So um, yeah, some some notable companies. None of those companies are really small. And actually, I mentioned I st- I, I say I started my IT journey in with this company, but it was more of an analyst position, but uh, I've worked with the Department of Defense with Lockheed wow. Martin. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So a place like SeaWorld, now if you can't get into too much details, I understand. But yep. a place like SeaWorld, and I know you have the networking background, how does, what does SeaWorld need? Why would SeaWorld need you? I'll put it that way. So again, my, my expertise in, in wireless technology, so with I can lump SeaWorld and Disney together um, because they're both, you know, it's the same industry. Still, it's the same uh, theme park industry. Right. Um, so what I, what I, what I do, what I do in, in, in companies like that is I, you know, you analyze the wireless network, see where you can make improvements, designs, implementations, mm-hmm. and, but then ultimately uh, supporting it. So um, I like to be there for the full cycle. So um I ultimately end up with the, you know, in the operations role. So after something is designed, um, implemented, then it's also got to be supported uh, ongoing just to make sure that, you know, it's running as, as it's designed. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise uh, you'll have a lot of uh, upset clients and customers. Right. Well, when, so you built the, the network out, then you support it. Um, what does support look like in your world? So support from my, my world, and this is honestly, this is where I get my most joy is, you know, as an engineer or consultant, architect, whatever, whatever role, you know, it, it changes based on, you know, where you're working, but ultimately, you know, working with, uh, I call it the old me. Uh, when I first started out in the field um, with the technicians that are just getting into wireless or just getting into networking, um, I can be there and, and lend a, lend a hand, uh, an ear, a mentor, wh- whatever you want to call it. So it allows them to, you know, understand their value and ultimately, you know, get them out of that technician role and get them into the engineering role they've always desired. Okay. So 
now you know you're on black equity so i gotta at least ask something along sure. this, these lines are there many people that look like you that are in your space or are you Absolutely. familiar with the, the statistics yeah so if i can recall i think 2019 there's i think there's less than eight percent of african americans or blacks in the it space as a total Mm. Um, it's even, I think it's, I think it's less than 1% or left than like a half a percent that are in managers and leadership roles. So yeah, it's, uh, it's very sparse <laughs> to say the least. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's really why I started control your route. I, I like to, you know, I reach out to people and people reach out to me, um, that are typically of, of minority or African-American descent. Um, all over the country. Like I'm not even saying here in the United States, I have people reach out to me from Africa, from, you know, all over the world um, and, and seeking advice and, and stuff like that. Like literally I just had someone the other day, um, he's in the IT, sp he's beginning in the IT space and we can, you know, I just had a, a couple conversations with them and I say, Hey, you know, what's your, what's your next step? He's like, I don't know. I'm really stuck. I'm like, okay, here, um, he's in COVID again. This is the biggest hurdle that a lot of people are trying. They, they're in the IT space. They may have a little bit of uh, experience, like with certifications and training, but they don't know how to to get that first job or get that physical hands-on experience. I was like, "Are you in college?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to college." Um, all right, do this. I was like, "Do this for me. Go to your professor." Mm -hmm. um, and he's in, he's studying a degree that he wants to pursue. I was like, "Go to your your, your professor and say, hey." Um, is there any way I can volunteer, do, you know, clean up the lab, set up, you know, for your next class, do whatever, you know, to get that physical hands-on experience. So I'll fast forward. I think it was maybe two or three weeks. That same professor came back to him and say, Hey, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm looking to retire in a few years. Um, is this something you're really interested in? And he said, yeah. So he started, you know, he gave him his resume and, you know, he, he passed it on to his leadership team. So long story short, you know, getting yourself out there, networking, getting hands-on experience, even though you're not getting paid for it, you, again, you never know what it leads to. <laughs> so you said you, you started uh, control your route. Did I, did I say that correctly? Correct. Yep. C control your route. So let's dive into control your route and understanding more about the company uh, and, and all the services that you provide. What was your initial catalyst for Control Your Route? What caused you, and I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but what caused you to put this together to make sure that people had these resources? So definitely, yeah. So definitely the main focus behind Control Your Route is helping, you know, technicians. So if they're starting out, I put future, you know, they're future technicians. So people that are, that want to enter the IT space, but don't know how. Mm -hmm. um, engineers that are, you know, they've been in their role for X amount of years, but they know they want to do more and not really sure how to do that. Right. Um, and then also I say leaders, or they can be business leaders or companies leaders in IT because um, it's, I think it's widely known that most IT people aren't great communicators. Um, you know, we get the stigma of, hey, we just sit behind a desk and our put our head down in a keyboard and we don't really talk to people. Um, I, I am the complete opposite of that. <laughs> uh, so I communicate with leaders, uh, IT managers uh, on how to communicate with us more effectively. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are you know, certain behavioral types that, you know, we have that, you know, you may think of it as one way 
when, you know, we actually mean it to be something else. So understanding the person's behavior and communication types is, is the first thing that I, I, I do with all my clients um, is understanding who they are as a person. That way I can better help and serve them to take their career to the next level. So was that, a, that was a major gap where uh, companies, I know you, you mentioned it, but so mm-hmm. companies didn't know how to communicate with the IT professionals? Absolutely. Yeah. Or even, you know, even when when you say company, like I say companies, like even some of my previous employers, like they don't know how they weren't sure how to communicate effectively, you know, as a manager, you know, so put it this way. If I say you have a company of a hundred people, no, sorry. If I say you have a a company, how many, you know, how many people do you have in your company? Right. Most people say I have five, 10, 20, hundred or whatever. I was like, what mm-hmm. if I tell you there's only four? So that way, instead of you trying to communicate with a hundred different people, you only have to communicate with four different types of people. Hmm. That makes your life a little bit easier. And, you know, this is all using the, the foundation is the disc assessment. So I heavily use the disc assessment to, to help people understand who they are as a person and how people can more effectively communicate with them. Hold on now, you didn't you didn't pull the layer back here. So now I only have to talk to four people. So you're saying in the the disc assessment, it breaks down to the to four different personality types. Essentially. Okay. Essentially, can we can we go over? Types, I say. Behavioral <laughs> types. Can we go over what those four are? Absolutely. Yeah. So the disc assessment. There's the D, the I, the S, and the C. Um, this this the the coaching that I've received was from Dr. Eric Thomas, um, who's world-renowned motivational speaker definitely um author everything else under the sun but a very very great coach and mentor um you know we we use it in as a as a flight assessment as if people were actually going to go on a plane for the first time so uh the d represents uh a pilot so when you think of a pilot you know direct to the point you know they want to get you to where you got to go um the i uh, meaning the flight attendant, you know, all about serving people, all about um, helping, communicating the life of the party. Okay. Um, you got the S, which is the uh, the grounds crew, um, mm. which in this case, they're all about supporting. So they're the people, you know, moving your bags. They're the people, you know, they're the glue to the operation, we, gotcha. we say. Gotcha. Um, and then you have the C, which is the air traffic controller. These are the people that are sitting in the back, you know, telling the pilot, hey, fly here, fly there, you know, in the background, super quiet, but super attention to detail and analytical. So, wow. IT, so those are the main four types of people. Most IT people fall under the S and the C. Okay. Super quiet, super reserved, not really, uh, not really outspoken, demanding, that type of thing. But again, everybody's a little bit different, but from my experience and how I've uh, observed people, you know, in my space, a lot of us, a lot of them fall in the, the S and the C. I'm scared to find out which one I am. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at They're it. all good. So don't, don't think of any of them as a negative. Okay. It's their superpower. Each mm. one of those have a, it has a very distinct superpower. And when you identify them on a team, you know how to, you know how to tap into that resource and you know, hey, if Johnny likes to use screwdrivers, why would you give him a flathead? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you play to people's strengths, and then that's how you, you know, that's how you have a well-functioning team and organization. And so what you're saying is before 
someone can work with you or work for you, you need to really understand their behavioral or personality so you can strategically, you know, put them in the right position to be their highest and best self to get maximum performance. Absolutely. Yeah. No, uh, I don't take clients, you know, again, it's, it's one of the things that I, I chose to do. I could take all the clients regardless of what they are, but for me, depending on, you know, what your results are, if I want to be able to serve you 100%, if I'm going to serve you 90%, I don't, I have other, I have a whole community of other people that could better work with you. Right. So I want to make sure that, you know, what your goals are, what your behavior and communication style is, I want to be able to give you 120%. So what does that process look, look like? Somebody's listening to this episode, they have been interested in IT, or maybe they've kind of dabbled in it a little bit they see this as a, an opportunity to uh, go further in their career. Take me through that process. What will the, the steps be? They take their disassessment and you decide, okay, uh, I, can, I can help you. You're one of the, the, uh, one of the four that I can help. Mm-hmm. What happens next? So, yeah. So uh, once they, you know, once they take the, the disc assessment or the, personality assessment or whatever assessment you want to call it, but ultimately it comes down to the DISC assessment. Um, You know, really it's understanding what their goals and objectives are. Um, And for me, one of the, one of the phrases I use in IT is, you know, you got to know your purpose, you know, you know, know your purpose in, in tech because I found out, you know, I always thought my purpose was troubleshooting and, you know, fixing things, but my purpose is actually, helping other people in technology and it is just my vehicle. Gotcha. Um, so that, that's why I say ha- have a purpose for what you're doing, have goals. Uh, and then one of the new tags I came up with was uh, create the plan and then execute it. Cause you know, I always say a, a goal without a plan is just the wish. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Now you mentioned a uh, legend uh, a couple times on this episode. And so I think I'll be doing a disservice uh, to have Absolutely. black <laughs> equity and not ask you a little bit more. Cause you mentioned uh hip hop motivator, uh, Eric Thomas, correct? That's correct. Yep. Hip hop preacher you, himself. Hip hop preacher. <laughs> How did yep. you come in contact with uh, his work and have you had a chance to meet him? Absolutely. So uh, I, I think I probably started out with like most of the community. I ran into the when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe video on YouTube. Under the um, water, right? Under the water. Yes. Yeah, sir. yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. <laughs> yep. So I ran into that video back in 2016 or so. Okay. Um, I joined his online community, Breathe University. Uh, shout out to them. A huge group of community of people that... Uh, mm that are like-minded individuals that want to succeed in almost every area of life. So no matter what you want to do in life, there's a person or a group of people in that inside of that community that can kind of help you take your, your career to the next level. Um, so I joined that community. Um, and then I started getting into some of his other programs. One of the most recent ones was the extreme execution program. Uh, and that's where I learned about the disc assessment, became a certified coach with Dr. Eric Thomas coached by Dr. Eric Thomas. Nice. And uh, I, I've had the pleasure and the blessing to meet him on several occasions. So uh, definitely a very humble individual and just wants to give back to the world. And I think earlier I left off the, the word doctor. So I apologize, Dr. Eric Thomas. <laughs> um, so he's, he's a mentor for you, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. 
How important is mentorship been in your life? Oh man, it's paramount. It, it's paramount. Um, I, I remember my, I still am, am in communication with my first IT mentor. Um, we've gone, you know, d- separate paths as far as career wise, but um, you know, he, he really is the one that got me into even thinking about liking IT, uh, the whole concept of IT and fixing computers and stuff like that from a, from a career perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was my first mentor. I got, I have mentors that are in my IT space, like in the wireless space. Um, I have marriage mentor, um, got a fitness mentor. Uh, wow. I, I, I think mentors are, are something that people should have and a financial mentor. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, definitely, you know, people that you can call on, you know, that, you know, judgment free zone and that'll give you the, the hard truths. Mm-hmm. but also show you the path and how to get there because typically a mentor has or does something that you want to do and they, they can tell you exactly where their pitfalls were and how to avoid them and uh, you know, how to, how to reach that goal that you're trying to reach. So I, I asked that question cause I was actually setting you up for my next question. <laughs> so how does it feel to be a mentor yourself now? Oh, it's, I, I tell my wife, I tell people all the time, like if I didn't, if I didn't have to provide uh, finances for my family, I would do it for free. <laughs> you really I, love pouring into people and, oh, and man, helping I, I guiding them. I love it, man. <laughs> what is it about taking someone and you, like you said, IT is just a vehicle, but what is it, what is it about, um, you know, pouring into someone and, and helping them get to their goals that, um, that brings joy to you? Absolutely. So um, that's an excellent question. For for me, it's, you know, helping, not, again, helping them achieve their goals, but it's also setting them up for generational wealth. Mm. Um, so it's not only what they're doing as a person, but how that impacts their family, how that impacts, you know, their potential future kids, grandchildren, stuff like that. So if I can help them set a foundation now um, in the IT space or whatever space that they're in, uh, it's, I think it's, it's just something that'll come, you know, tenfold over and over and over again. All right. Now you didn't, you didn't stumble across <laughs> one of my favorite words. Every time you talk, it brings out more. So we bring up this concept of generational wealth. And so I would love to hear your perspective because we we've heard from all different types of sectors on what generational wealth is. What is generational wealth to you um, from your perspective and from your sector? What does it look like? Absolutely. So for me, I'll speak to, I'll speak to the IT portion of it first. Um, okay. uh, I would say generational wealth in the IT space would be, you know, so typically a person in IT will, they'll work with a company and they'll stay there 20, 30, 40 years. Um, that's just the old way of doing things. And maybe not just in IT, maybe that's just the things, you know, the way people are just accustomed to doing things over the last few generations. Um, for, ge- for me, generational worth in tech would be, you know, learning a technology, but then at the same time, turning that into an entrepreneurship journey. Um, you know, if, if you have, if you have a skill set, um, in this case for me, you know, you know what mine is, you know, use it to, to build a business, use it to, to impact the world, um, use it to help companies, but, you know, when you, when you go down the entrepreneurship journey, you can reach more people as opposed to just 
the one company. And again, it's not for everyone. I, I, I'm completely uh, aware of that. But for me, it's, you know, if I wanted to take my IT business and my son, my son or my daughter don't have to actually do what I do, but at least I'm handing them or showing them how to run this business or a business or putting people in place that they can, they can then become owners of something as opposed to just, you know, being an, an employee. You mentioned impacting the world. Have you had an opportunity to work with people internationally who you've had an opportunity to mentor? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I've, I've had a couple people in, like I said, in, in Africa. Nice. Um, I've, I've had a couple people um, over in the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, like Saudi Arabia and, and, you know, places like that. But yeah, I've, you know, we get on a Zoom. Co- that's the best thing about Zoom and <laughs> this platform. Uh, I don't. I don't need to pick up a phone. I can, you know, talk to them on Zoom or WhatsApp or, you know, the technology is there where, you know, the impact can be as spread as a. You can cast your net, <laughs> and, and and impact the world. Are those those inter- international clients that you have, or mentees that you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they any different than you and I, or is it the same vibe, just a different culture? Same vibe, different culture. Uh, you know, they have other challenges. Like a lot of them want to come to the States mm-hmm. and, you know, working through that part of it. And, you know, their company, I mean, their, their countries, you know, regulations and stuff like that. But ultimately, you know, they're, they're one of those four types of people. <laughs> uh, and they just, you know, they just have a, a different journey to, to get to where they want to go. But ultimately they just, you know, they're, they're just as hard as working. They're, they're just as dedicated. Um, maybe just lack of resources where they mm-hmm. are. And that's, uh, that's, that's the avenue that one of the avenues that I, that I, I like to travel. Now, you, you mentioned, because that was actually going to be my next question, and you stumbled across it as well. You mentioned the lack of resources, because my next question was going to be, in the IT space, some of the barriers to entry, I would assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. uh, some of the barriers to entry is having the necessary equipment in order to uh, be pro- proficient and efficient in the IT space. Are, are many of those uh, clients or those mentees able to have the 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 technology to be able to perform the functions um in most cases yeah um okay. with, uh, with the emerging with the emerging uh technology of like virtual technology and yeah. uh stuff like that you know they they have the res- they have the physical resources if they need them um a lot of it is just the uh how do i do this or what it, what order should i do this or you know how do i get it from point a to point b and that's where you know that's a lot of, that's where I find a lot of the, uh, the gap is. I, I think that out of, out of all the sectors I've had a chance to learn and explore and have conversations about, the one that's going to connect everybody is going to be IT because, <laughs> right? I mean, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but I would think information technology, technology in general, is going to cause someone from across the globe, wherever across the globe would be considered, Japan, wherever, um, mm-hmm. Africa, like you said, Middle East, uh, they're going to be more inclined to want to connect with me here if I'm talking about technology uh, rather than talking about maybe something more niche that isn't necessarily mm-hmm. something that's a global thing. Um, have you seen the power that 
technology provides where the whole world is like, hey, I want to learn this. I want to, I, I really want to be a part of this because that's where we're headed anyway. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and no, you, you, you hit the nail on the head ex- exceptionally, ex- exactly with uh, COVID-19. Yeah. You know, if, if I had a, a, a tenth of a penny for the, every time I heard the word internet or Wi-Fi right. over the last three months, because now everyone's, you know, working from home, Zoom or whatever, and most people, you know, their connection is via Wi-Fi in their home or, you know, wherever they, they want to set up their home office. And that's where, you know, educating the people on, you know, how Wi-Fi works or, hey, you'll hear people say, use, use an extender to boost your wireless signal, but they don't know the adverse uh, effects of using those, those types of technologies. So Hold on now. You just said something. <laughs> There's an adverse effect to using an extender for my Wi-Fi? Absolutely. So cer- certain certain technologies. So you know you have your main router at home, and then you can go to Best Buy or Amazon or whatever, and buy an extender. So the the technology behind that it depends on again it depends on which technology you're using. But um, what happens is mm-hmm. your original router broadcasts on either two point four or five gigahertz. Your receiver then you know take it to the other side of the house. We'll pick it up on. Typically, they pick it up on on five gigahertz, and right. they basically it it builds a, a a pathway between the two. But what happens is Wi-Fi is half duplex, which means you can only send and you can only receive at one time. So your home router is already doing that. You send, you receive, then your extender you have to do that as well. You have to send. Ex- so what I'm trying to say is your extender you're automatically going to drop fifty percent of your connection speed wow. when you connect to that extender. So that's the adverse effect as opposed to, you know, other solutions or, you know, hardwiring and stuff like that. So that's a definitely a huge one now, nowadays. How often is the information technology space being updated? I know probably the answer is every single day, <laughs> but like on a major scale, how often are you going to, are you having to say, well, well, here's 5G now, or here's this next big thing. And now I got to shift everything. Does Did 5G cause a major shift or is it just a, a quick shift or something that can quickly be adaptive, adaptable? Got you. So uh, 5G is, is, is in the cellular space. Um, okay. Wi-Fi 6 is the newest one in, in the Wi-Fi arena. Understood. Um, so it's a... It happens in in the wireless space. It doesn't happen too often. Maybe every three to five years or so, something okay. like groundbreaking comes out. Uh, but as far as IT as a whole, like you said, it's it's a daily it's a daily occurrence. Um, for for IT folks, we we always say it's the uh, it's the profession that you never stop learning because every day you learn something new, in technology, different different certification, different protocol, you know, whatever the case may be. So, you know, if uh, if you, I don't say if you didn't like going to school, because I, I personally wasn't a school buff. Um, I mm-hmm. finished my associate's degree. I, I'm still in the process of finish, trying to figure out if I'm going to finish my bachelor's degree, but um, I've had the level of success using certifications and stuff like that. So it's, for me, it's never ending. <laughs> so for your uh, consulting uh, company, who are you looking to attract and potentially work with? Is, is there a particular sector of companies or a particular area that you focus on or is it uh agnostic where it's, it's everybody so it's 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 uh it's agnostic in a sense that 
you know, in the case that everyone has a network or has, has a need for IT in some form or fashion. Um, my, like, again, my expertise is in the networking space. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I also collab with people in the cloud space, the security space. Um, you know, so, you know, they can come to me and, and ask for advice or something like that. And I can definitely point them in the right direction. Or if it's something in my, my niche, um, whether it be, like you said, in networking, wireless and stuff like that, or even team building from a, from a communication standpoint uh, within, your, within your IT team or organization, um, because no one's going to speak to an IT person like an IT person. <laughs> no Very matter true. how many years of experience you had in leadership or management, you know, there's just that lingo. Just like when I talk to um, our, our minorities, you know, I, I can relate with them. In, in certain ways that some people can't. So uh, especially being in this space uh, for over 12 years. So how do people uh, reach out to you and work with you from the business aspect and as someone who's entering in uh, looking to advance their career in the IT space? Absolutely. So definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, a lot of my content I put is, is on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm just now starting to get into the, uh, the YouTube thing, but a lot of my content is on LinkedIn. Uh, it's first name is Greg, last name is Skeen, S-K-E-E-N-E. Or, uh, you know, if you're looking into getting into the IT space or, you know, taking your career to the next level, um, they can reach me at controlyourroute.com. Uh, and that way, I mean, see, I can... Yeah, so controlyourroute.com. So there's two R's at the end. Uh, that way, you know, we can hop on a, uh, a Zoom call, 15 minutes introduction, you know, understand what you're trying to do. And then, you know, again, we can see if it's a great fit. And, you know, I have, you know, one-time deep dive sessions, or I even, I have a couple different uh, coaching packages as well. And then for my businesses. Uh, now, my memory, sir. No, no. So for, for my, for my business owners, uh, you can just reach out to me via the website as well. And then same thing, you can schedule a, a, um, a discovery call and then we can figure out what your needs and necessities are. We can reach out. Now, didn't we, we bumped into each other because of a, a black enterprise call, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to give people just a little bit of taste of what we were uh, part of. So a few weeks ago, there was a call on Black Enterprise with uh, Bob Johnston, right? Yep. And he was talking about, well, first of all, he was asking for, uh, well, I don't think he was even asking. I think he was demanding reparations. And he mm -hmm. was talking about uh, the disparities uh, in Black business and the funding. What were your overall impressions from that Black Enterprise conversation that we both attended? And that's how we ended up uh, bumping into each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, so after understanding the, uh, after understanding the, the small percentage of uh, African-Americans or minorities in the tech space, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wanted to reach out to, you know, people like yourself that have a following and, and want to, you know, share the word, you know, get exposure to, you know, what it, you know what your potential you know careers or futures or you know what the gap is in the IT space right um and and be able you know to be able to add value to to individuals and companies um but yeah no it's 
that, that was a very deep conversation and it, you know, it had me reflecting on some of the things on, you know, things that we should demand that we were not even asking for, or we don't have equal, uh, there's not equality in, in certain aspects of life. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely one of those conversations. I believe that people are going to tune into this episode and uh, for those who pick up the message and pick up the wisdom, this is going to be an opportunity to close that gap. Now, just to let you know, you have a, you have a uh, open invite to come back anytime with new initiatives that you may have going on, or if there's a success story from one of your mentees, uh, or if they want to come on, please, you know, let them know about black equity. But I really do believe that we're going to help close that gap and get more uh, Black entrepreneurs, Black investors involved in the IT space. And for those looking to advance their careers, here is your pathway. So you said it before, but I want you to say it one more time because repetition uh, will will create success, in my opinion. Uh, Where can they go to help close that gap if they are a business owner and they are looking to, to understand the IT space or if they are looking to advance in their career, where can they go to reach you one more time? Absolutely. So yeah, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Greg Skeen, last name is S-K-E-E-N-E, or you can just go directly to my website, control, C-O-N-T-R-O-L, your, Y-O-U-R, route, R-O-U-T-E.com, and then just reach out to me there. I'll I'll get 12 notifications, and we'll we'll definitely be in (laughs) contact very soon. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on Black Equity, sharing your expertise with us. This is just the beginning. I wanted people to at least know who you are, the work that you're doing. uh, And thank you for being part of our network. And we look forward to watching your journey and continuing to support. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on the call.